Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Wednesday, June 26th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. On the show today, I'm going to stifle this yawn. There, it's gone. Stifled it. Uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about uh, the latest in football recruiting. Michigan State had a big recruiting weekend last weekend, uh, and really these last couple of weeks before the dead period have always been big for Michigan State. They added a number of commitments, uh, so we'll talk about that. I know there's some concern within the fan base of not having a quarterback locked in, uh, who they lost quarterbacks to, the overall quality of the recruits, where the class sits, etc., etc., um, and I think some of those are fair and valid, and uh, and I think some of it's a little bit, you know, what goes on at Michigan State as it regards to uh, or as it relates to football recruiting. So we'll talk about that for uh, a segment or two, uh, and then segment three today. Uh, I want to finish off the show, depending on timing. You know, this recruiting stuff may drag into. A third segment. You never know with me. I talk too much sometimes. Uh, but if the the time works out, I've got another uh, f- fan or listener of the show segment with uh, Sam Mullen, who uh, came on and we did some superlatives, and it was a good uh, conversation, a lot of fun. So uh, if we've got time at the end, I'm going to play that. If not, it 100% will be tomorrow. Sam, if you are listening, I know I told you today. Uh, if it's not at the end of this show, it 100% will be tomorrow. So just keep on listening, bud. <laughs> Poor Sam, he recorded with me like two and a half weeks ago. It's just been things get busy with the uh, recruiting, picking up in the NFL or the NBA draft and, and all that. So, all right. Uh, that's what we're going to do on today's show. Still taking uh, pitches if you want to uh, join the show. Got another one that actually should be recording a couple uh, the next couple of days here. So if you want to do that, email me, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get this podcast on your podcast listening device uh, every single day. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. And today's episode is also brought to you in part by Twillery. I will, of course, tell you about Twillery later. All right, let's let's get into it. Let's start talking about recruiting. Okay, so uh, Michigan State 2020 football class, um, you know, about... I don't know, a week and a half ago, had like two players in it. Um, you know, Darius Snow, Dallas Fincher, Ian Stewart uh, were all committed, and then t- uh, Tommy Guajardo. Guajardo. I don't know. I don't know how to say his name. Tommy, the tight end from Dearborn, good player. Um, those are the four recruits. I believe as I'm just going through here. Yeah, those are the four guys, and then. Uh, you know, Michigan State just started piling on uh, about 10 days ago. 
and the class jumped from four to twelve. You know, they had their official visit weekend with a lot of uh, you know higher targets, guys that they were really interested in uh, on campus for official visits. They do it. Uh, you know, right before the dead period gets going, which was uh, Monday, the recruiting dead period. And I think it's like July 17th or something like that. It ends. Uh, And basically, if you don't know, really quick, just to sum it up, the dead period is four weeks, I believe, where college football coaches and staffs cannot have any contact with potential recruits, with recruits. Uh, If they do, it's an NCAA violation. And how it all shakes out is, and Michigan State does this a lot, um, the, the two weeks before the dead period are very busy, uh, and you're sort of buttoning things up, getting things to a point where you know coaches can actually take this time that they can't recruit, and practice isn't going on or anything right now. Guys are doing their, their uh, strength, off-season strength things and stuff like that, and they'll reconvene at the end of the summer to, you know, get practice going and stuff like that. But this is where coaches can take a vacation. <laughs> this is where coaches, college coaches, can actually take some time off. We all know it's a 365-day uh, job, essentially, being a college football coach. You're, you're coaching, you're coaching, you're coaching, you're recruiting, then you're recruiting, you're doing camps, you're still recruiting, and then uh, you're coaching again. And then the cycle just keeps on going. It's always coaching or recruiting. This is the time where they can have some time off and actually go on vacation. So uh, recruiting always picks up right before the dead period. And Michigan State is no exception to that. They hold their camp or uh, their their elite prospect camp, have a bunch of official visits on campus. And a lot of kids take that time to uh, commit to Michigan State or the, the days after. And so not a surprise, Michigan State added a bunch of guys. It's always good. Uh, because I feel like every single year we get to this point in recruiting, some years are different than others. You know, 2016 stands out certainly as a, the class was already developing. Um, but we get to this point in recruiting, uh, I feel like a lot of the time, and Michigan State only has a handful of guys in the class is really poorly rated um, in the conference in the country because they've only got a few guys in the, uh, the class and then a, a wave of commitments come flying in and everyone's like, okay, everything's going to be all right. We're going to have a, an actual class here today. So Michigan State's got had a little bit more than half of their class filled out. And as things stand right now, they have the number 38 recruiting class, 38 ranked recruiting class in the country, number nine in the Big Ten with an average uh, rating of 854 which, uh, and these, this is all according to 24-7 Sports and their composite rankings. Uh, those numbers are all down from last year, and that's not a huge surprise when you have a bad recruiting year. Not even a bad recruiting year is kind of an average recruiting year, but a uh, lower recruiting year than you would, I think, like, than Michigan State fans would like. Uh, and you go seven and six and really uh, don't show well, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, recruiting tends to get a little bit tougher. So uh, last year, Michigan State ended up with a number 30 class in the country, number seven in the Big Ten with an average ranking of 87.49. And had Michigan State added as many players in that class as other teams in the Big Ten, I think they would have ended up like fourth by star rating, and they're somewhere in the top 25-ish 20 to 25 in terms of star rating in the country. They just didn't have a big class, and that's something these ratings take into consideration is how many players you're adding. 
Um, and that's something that Michigan State's always done a little bit better than uh, it has shown because Michigan State never signs big classes. Uh, you get big classes with new coaches, new regimes taking over different conferences, do things differently, different schools do things differently. Being the steady uh, force that it is, uh, Michigan State, and really with, I would say, minimal attrition compared to other programs, uh, Michigan State just signs similarly signed classes pretty much year in and year out. Um, I think U of M had a class of like 26 or something like real uh, aggressively large uh, just a few years ago. And so you'll never see that with Michigan State uh, unless something kind of crazy happens. And that's certainly something to keep in mind, you know, when you're looking at this. College football programs get 85 recruits or 85 scholarships um, at a time. And so Michigan State's classes are generally between 20 and 22 guys. Uh, in 2017, they signed let me see here, 25 guys, um, you know, the 2016 class had some more attrition than you would typically uh, hope for, and that's, you know, 25 is the biggest class that I'm seeing here, at least in recent history. Pulled up Michigan, Harbaugh's first year, they signed 26, they signed 30 the next year, they signed 20, and then they signed 26. Um, I'm not a math major, but that is a lot more than 85 people, um, and that is common practice at different programs around the country. You oversign, kids don't get their scholarships renewed every single year. You have a lot of attrition. You basically, uh, you give a kid a scholarship for his freshman year, sophomore year, if they can't figure it out, or freshman and redshirt freshman year, and if they're not going to be someone who play, is going to play on the team, they're gone. Uh, and that's something that happens a lot of places, and you need to keep that in mind when you're looking at recruiting rankings that Michigan State doesn't ever do that. So their uh, their rankings are going to be a little bit lower than the schools that do that just because uh, how many recruits you get in does matter. Um, I always look at the average rating, and Michigan State tends to do better in average rating than they do in terms of overall rating because they, like I said, don't sign as many players as the the big recruiting schools do. You know, and that's a, it happens in all the SEC schools. That's why they're they're great at recruiting. It happens at Michigan. It happens at Ohio State. It happens at Clemson. It happens at Florida State. It happens at big programs. Miami, the you know Notre Dame. Actually, I don't know about Notre Dame if they're notorious for it. They might be. I haven't looked into Notre Dame. But if you're a, a big time program with a, a big brand that's in the top of recruiting rankings year in and year out, uh, you're, you're probably signing a lot of kids uh, in your classes. All right, I'm actually going to take a break right here. When we get back, we'll, we'll keep talking about recruiting. I'll talk about some of the guys that are in this class and actually some guys that are not in this class that are causing some concern. We'll talk about, you know, is this cause for concern, Michigan State's recruiting so far? Reminder, you can get Locked On Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Spartans. Guys, it is 2019, and these days, shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat. And with Twillery, they don't. Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking the beer in your fridge. It is easy, affordable, and you get the perfect fit guaranteed. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. That is 
a wonderful deal for very high quality shirts and even better they have free shipping and returns so you could try on some twills risk free you get the shirt they send it to you you try it on you see if you like it if you don't you send it back no must no fuss you heard me right you can try on twillery shirts completely risk free right now you can get $25 off your first Twillery purchase by going to twillery.com slash locked on and entering the promo code locked on. Double locked on here. Go to twillery.com slash locked on and our promo code locked on for $25 off your first purchase. And seriously, I've been telling you guys this just freaking I'm going to keep telling you this until you go to their website and buy every single shirt they have. Just go there and look at the shirts. They sell themselves. They're really cool shirts. So just twillery.com. Check out the shirts. Go to twillery.com slash locked on. Enter promo code locked on for $25 off your first order. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked On Spartans. So let's uh, keep it going with this recruiting chatter. So I think something that kind of, I don't know, tipped people off or set people off, maybe is the, the better way to say it, is seeing Michigan State miss out on two uh, highly regarded quarterback recruits. Michael Alimo and Chubba Purdy uh, were both you know, top prospects for Michigan State. They were going after both of them. Um, you know, At one point, Michael Alimo, a uh, four-star kid out of New Jersey, I think it was like 200-and-somethingth player in the class, uh, really, really well-regarded recruit, was 100% crystal ball to Michigan State. They were the favorites. They had this thing locked up. Uh, he took a visit to Michigan State. The next day, he took a visit to Purdue and committed to Purdue. And then Chubba Purdy seemed to be the, the primary target. There were whisperings that uh, Alimo was told, or, uh, you know, if Chubba Purdy was the guy that Michigan State wanted uh, more than him. So I don't know if that happened or if they just both happened to, to pick other schools. I don't know if they put all their basket or their all their eggs in the Chubba Purdy basket because he's a dual threat guy. Um yeah, I don't. If they did that, that would you know that happens all the time. Like, hey, we'd rather have this guy, but you're our backup plan type thing. It's a delicate situation to work out, and he and he commits to Purdue instead. Uh, and then you've got Chubba Purdy choosing Louisville uh, and <laughs> over Michigan State. And I think it, it rubbed people the wrong way a lot. Looking at the schools that you you lost to essentially in recruiting, you probably finished number two. Uh, to Purdue, who hasn't won a, a damn thing in 30 years, who's the was the laughing stock of the Big Ten until the you know last season when they beat Ohio State and seemed to be now mediocre instead of bad, and even you know despite not having a great season, Michigan State still beat Purdue. Uh, Purdue is not nearly even close to the level of a program Michigan State is. Purdue needs another decade of amazing success that they've never had to reach Michigan State's level, uh, but. You know, offensive recruits are excited about Purdue. Uh, Jeff Brom's got it rolling there a little bit. They've got, you know, they score 40, 50 points. They they beat down Ohio State. Uh, there's some good players there. There's some juice there. It's a fun, exciting, innovative offense. Uh, and there's a little bit of hype on them right now. Michigan State has the opposite of that, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Louisville, you know, despite being kind of a middling ACC program, uh, had Lamar Jackson not too long ago, Heisman winner, and despite you know doing everything in their power to 
do you know to to hurt Lamar Jackson to not pass protector run block for him to essentially uh, get him killed every single game uh Louisville has some some juice especially on that side of the ball if you're a dual threat quarterback you know you were he was watching Lamar Jackson two years ago so it's understandable uh, that stuff gets people excited. I mean, Michigan State just isn't going to recruit well on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and they've always done a decent job on the defensive side of the ball. Their top players are generally defenders. Uh, but we'll see. I th- this season, I think, is huge. And I understand the frustrations uh, in recruiting, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I understand the frustration of missing out on two quarterbacks to two programs who haven't had the recent success uh, that Michigan State has. <clears throat> uh, no, I, I totally get it. And I, I, I think it could potentially change, you know, depending on what happens this season. If Michigan State can get out of the Stone Ages uh, in terms of play calling and formations and scheme and things like that, then Michigan State can, I think, you know, earn some some interest from better players on offense. And like just like we were talking about with Purdue, I mean, Purdue's not even that good. They had the, the, one of their best seasons in a long time, and it wasn't a great season. Uh, and they're still able to win recruiting battles over Michigan State. To they're they're able to get four star, highly regarded players, and they're able to get like pretty decent recruits. You know, uh, Purdue's been doing better in in recruiting as of late. They're actually, I mean, right now they're ranked tenth in in the conference, but they have an eighty seven point five seven recruiting ranking. That's like fourth or fifth. Uh, highest, you know, they're behind Michigan, they're behind Ohio State, they're behind Penn State, uh, and they're right there with Wisconsin and Nebraska, or they're a little bit behind Nebraska, but they're right there with Wisconsin. So, like Purdue's recruiting, kind of where Michigan State used to fit in in the re- the recruiting area, they're they're doing better, and so that's a, a prime example in the conference of how just shifting things offensively, having a a, a fun scheme that kids want to play in can really make a difference in recruiting. And, and like I said just a little bit ago, Michigan State generally recruits defensively well. And if they don't recruit well defensively or if they get a guy on the defensive side of the ball who's a little bit lower ranked, uh, they've shown a real ability to turn those kids into pros. Dark was Denard, uh, low three-star, I think he was, ends up as a first-round pick. Um uh, Josiah Scott was not a super highly regarded prospect, and he's a really good college player. Uh, they just time and time again on the defensive side of the ball shown the ability to turn not the highest rated recruits into really good college players and, and eventual pros in some cases. Uh, I think you know they've done that certainly on the offensive side of the ball, but I don't think you trust it as much. You know when you think Michigan State, you think defense, and so if they're you know, I, I want them to recruit well at every position, but if they're going to be a spot where they're maybe going to be a little bit lower, get get a lower guy and, and have faith, and I have faith that they're going to turn that into a good player, I would say I, I would think I have more faith in them doing that with a defender than an offensive player. Um, so I think they need to recruit better on the offensive side of the ball. If that sort of word jumble makes sense there, I think they, here, I'll say it this way, they can overcome uh, re- low recruiting ranks on defense easier than they can on offense. I think they need more talent on offense to be able to help them out. Um, I mean, they need more talent everywhere. Uh, but this year, again, 
I just want to keep coming back to this. This year, I think it's going to be really important. Remember, this class is about half filled out. They've got 12 guys. Uh, they just lost a scholarship uh, player that's going to be an incoming player. Uh, I would in Chase Bowen signing with the, the Pirates. That that scholarship's going to get kicked down to the 2020 class. We'll see about attrition or anything like that once fall gets going. Uh, we'll see if anyone leaves early for the NFL. This could be a class that signs 25 kids. could be a 24, 25 kid class. And so that means they're about halfway through right now. And they could really gain some momentum, uh, whatever. I, I will say momentum. You know, I don't believe in momentum in that way. But um, they gain some favorability among the kids uh, this season if they start out really well, if they're playing a different brand of offense. Everyone knows about Michigan State and what they do defensively. Everyone. And sort of the fun of Michigan State towards uh, the national spotlight and things like that is like, watch this archaic team just beat the hell out of you for three hours and win 14 to three. Like that was that was the storyline of our 2013 season is watch this team just bludgeon you with a rock for four quarters and win 21 to four or 21 to four, 21 to 14. Not even 21 to 14. No one scored 14. 21 to 7. Something like that. 30 to 3. Uh, just rock fight scores. They would never, never score 49. Never score 42 points or anything like that. Uh, but they would just slowly and surely beat you down with uh, a giant rock. And that sort of... I don't know. There's something fun to that. that I really like the identity of Michigan State. I would rather be that than uh, maybe what Baylor or Oregon was, aside from, you know, the other stuff. But, like, the, on the field, really a fun, exciting offense uh, and no defense being played to sort of mediocrity. Um, actually, you know what? Now that I think about that, I don't know. I really enjoy Michigan State's sort of Maybe it's just that it's worn on me. I think if you would have asked me in 2014 or 15, I would have been like, yeah, I really enjoy being the the team that's just like, we're having a rock fight. Let's see whose rock is bigger. Um, but now that the offense is kind of staggered for the last few years, maybe uh, there's a change of tune there. So maybe I'm, I'm a victim of re recency bias there. So I don't know. I'm going to take back what I said about I'd rather be that than the up-tempo fun scoring team because i kind of been calling for the other stuff lately. The point of all this is Michigan State has a national identity. And for kids who play defensive football, want to play defense in college, that identity jives with them. They want to be at Michigan State. That's why Michigan State's able to recruit really highly regarded players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, on offense, you know that it is Le'Veon Bell, Kirk Cousins. Um, I mean, Michigan State does a good job of getting guys paid. Uh, but it's not exciting. It's not fun. So you're not going to get big numbers. Uh, yes, you can make it to the NFL, certainly. Um, it's going to be harder. It's going to be, uh, there are going to be times where you just don't move the ball. Like that's, things like last year are going to happen. Things like 2012 are going to happen. Uh, then you'll be able to rebound, have 2013, 2014, 2015s up and down. Like, like the kids look at that. Kids pay attention to that, what type of scheme it is. They want to play in schemes similar to their high school oftentimes and uh, you'll see more and more high schools are going to spread systems that are up tempo so I think it really behooves Michigan State to head in that direction and all indications 
the whisperings seem to be that they are starting to head in that direction. And so I think, yeah, the, the first half of recruiting was certainly frustrating. Michigan State's not where they want to be. It's nice that they picked up some guys here in the last week, some pretty solid recruits, some that are lower ranked, but you never know with Michigan State. They do as good a job as any uh, school at developing players into really good college players and pros. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the first half of recruiting was a little bit frustrating. Uh, it's tough seeing <laughs> so-and-so picks Michigan State over Cincinnati, Army, and Akron. It's like, well, thank God. <laughs> um you don't have a lot of teams, a lot of prospects, or some that pick Michigan State over legitimate D1 offers, um, but a lot of picked Michigan State over Illinois and Rutgers, picked Michigan State over Cincinnati, Buffalo, and the entire MAC. Like, you know, there's just a lot of that going on right now, and I know that frustrates some people. But I think the second half of recruiting and the recruiting that goes on through the football season is going to be big for Michigan State. I think they're going to add a lot of guys. They're going to have a lot of kids on campus for visits, for big games. They're going to be hosting some big games. Unfortunately, you know, Michigan's on the road, Ohio State's on the road, so those are more recruiting advantages for, for those schools uh, to be able to host them during their big games. But, you know, I'm sure they're going to have kids in for uh, Arizona and for other games, for Penn State and stuff like that. So there's still plenty of chances for Michigan State to hit some home runs here on the recruiting trail. And if they have a bounce back season, play really well, this, this class will round into form. It'll be a top, uh, you know, 25 to 30 or something in that range class in the country, maybe even 23rd, they can 25th, they can get up into that spot. They'll be sixth in the big 10, you know, it's kind of typical D'Antonio class. Uh, and then maybe you can get a jump start on the juniors, especially if, there are things happening on the offensive side of the ball that are exciting, and people are talking about that as it regards to Michigan State. So certainly a tough, slow start, not the greatest uh, thing in the world to see, but I think there's still a lot to be said about this 2020 class. And, you know, I just I, I, I get frustrated with Michigan State recruiting at times, but I don't bet against it. It's just shown enough over time that, Maybe they know what they're doing. <clears throat> you know, star chasing is wonderful. You need talent to be able to win at the highest level, but <clears throat> you need uh, guys that fit the program, guys that want to be here, and, and guys that make sense, and Michigan State's done that uh, absolutely in spades. All right. All right, let's take a break, and when we get back, we'll do something for the third segment. I don't know. I was going to play Sam Mullins' thing, but it is too long. I, I plugged it in here. Uh, and it's like 40 minutes if I add it onto this right now. And that's just too long for an episode. So that will be 100% tomorrow. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Spartans and the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. All right. Welcome back to segment three of today's Locked On Spartans. So I was just kind of kicking around like, what, what are we going to do for this last segment here? Because I don't have much time. Uh, and I'm not going to be able to do what I wanted to, and I kind of went through all the stuff that I already did with recruiting, um, but I'm going to stick with recruiting here because I, th- I think a, a good idea <clears throat> just to run through some of these recruits here that Michigan State just added um, and just give you the quick rundown. If you haven't seen, some people are more into recruiting, some people aren't, um, so I'll just do that, give you a quick rundown and some quick thoughts on on these guys. So uh, the highest ranked guy they added over this, you know, eight recruits in a week 
uh, span was Ricky White, a receiver out of Georgia. He picked Michigan State over a number of good offers. Uh, West Virginia was on there. Uh, I think like Boston College, uh, Syracuse, which is an ACC team that's kind of booming right now. <clears throat> so picked uh, picked Michigan State over those teams. So that's a nice win for uh, Michigan State on the recruiting trail. He's an 86.47 prospect, so pretty solid three-star Number 702 in the country in the composite rankings, and he's as high as like 600-something in the uh, 24-7 sports rankings as well. So a solid recruit, uh, definitely uh, looks to be a good pairing with uh, Ian Stewart between those two. Those are two, you know, not the the flashiest recruits, not the highest-rated guys, but two really solid players who uh, should be able to come to Michigan State and do a good job. Uh, you got Cal Halliday, an inside linebacker. He's six foot one ninety seven, so he's gonna have to add some bit everything, add some weight. Everything I've seen from this guy is that he is just like the football player's football player, uh, and makes up for uh, maybe a little bit of size lackingness right now with like everything else you would want. Um, he's coming out of Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania is a really wonderful football state and he's the number four ranked player in the entire state of Pennsylvania uh number 28 inside linebacker in the entire country so you know another three-star guy 86 overall but I think it's someone that certainly can uh translate to the next level after how whatever however many years it could be the next in line of just the great middle linebackers at Michigan State uh he seems like the attitude and things like that are definitely what you want from that, Devin Hightower is out of Ohio. Number th- another, these are all three-star guys. Number seven sixty-three in the country, twenty-five in the state of Ohio, which is you know we all know what Ohio is in terms of uh, high school football players. But he's an outside linebacker with some speed. Uh, he's six-one-two eighteen. So we'll see. Uh, I would imagine he sticks at outside linebacker. We'll see if it's weak or strong. Uh, but could be someone who ends up like a Brandon Boyer Randall type blitzing, athletic, all-over-the-field playmaking type. Uh, Kyle King and Chris Mayfield are weak and strong defensive ends. Um, Kyle King is 6'4", 240. Chris Mayfield is 6'2", 250. So uh, interesting frames there for both those guys. Mayfield could end up being uh, someone who's a a linebacker with his height. Uh, Kyle King at 6'4". Uh, you know, there's there's definitely something there. Number seven state, never number seven player in the state of Indiana, uh, a top fifty defensive end, a top one thousand uh, overall prospect. So we'll see how that st- uh, pans out for them. But I, I like the the frame of Kyle King. He seems like just from reading up on him, another guy who's like a really hard worker, state champion, things like that. Uh, someone who coaches absolutely rave about, and, and that's a common thread you're going to find with a lot of players in Michigan State's class as all their coaches are just like, yep, this dude is a football player and absolutely loves it and gets after it. And Michigan State's always had people like that. They've got a ton of people like that right now. And it looks like these guys that they're adding, especially on the defensive side of the ball, not that they don't do it on the offensive side, but like defensive side of the ball, like they just get guys who are crazy uh, and love to play. And, uh, yeah, they seem like they've added a few more here. You could say the same about Jeff Petrowski, the other defensive end uh, from St. Edward in Ohio, which is a suburb, is a school, I think, in the suburb of Cleveland. That's like a power. Uh, I knew some guys that used to go there, uh, and they win and compete for a lot of state uh, championships. So really well-regarded program. 
Uh, he's a defensive end, Jeff Petrowski. He's 6'1", 235. So interesting dimensions there. We'll see what they have planned for him. Uh, if he is actually 6'1", if he's still growing, you know, that's something that he'll be kind of a developmental thing uh, because his frame kind of is, is a tweener. He's in between a linebacker and, and what you would typically want from a DN, but played DN in high school. So we'll see how that shakes out. Angelo Gross is a really interesting corner. Uh, was committed, I think, to Cincinnati, if I'm remembering correctly. I can't remember if it was him or Chris Mayfield who was uh, committed to Cincinnati. That Michigan State kind of swiped him away. Uh, but he's a three-star corner. Um you know, not super highly rated, uh, number 1,179, he's an 84 overall, it's 5'10", 170, um, but like, he's someone I'm really interested to see how it goes, uh, at Michigan State, he kind of reminds me in some ways of Josiah Scott in terms of, uh, his, his stature, certainly his frame, uh, his recruiting level, like his star rating and things like that, where he plays, uh, and just, you know, ending up at Michigan State. Uh, I'll be really interested to see how he develops, if he can end up being someone who uh, is a player at Michigan State. Um, you know, film is always tough to look at for these guys because they're usually the best athletes on the field, uh, but he's he seems to be really fast, really quick, uh, you know, made his hay as well as a returner, played all over the field. I think he was like had like 500 rushing yards or 500 receiving yards, 700 rushing yards, some passing yards as well. Like he was playing all over, had returned touchdowns. So he's a little bit of a do it all thing. Uh, but I'll be really interested to see how he translates uh, at cornerback at the next level, just because the track record Michigan state has. And then there's Jack Olson, my guy, Jack Olson, uh, 170 pound kicker out of uh, Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, the number three kicker in the country, uh, number 80 prospect, which like kicking ranking is so weird. They need to just like keep it in line with everything else because the best kicker in the country is an 81.99, uh, two of them. And, and that's the kid going to Stanford and Ohio State. And then Michigan State has the third best kicker in the country is an 80.98. Like just, just make them like five stars. Let's get five star kickers out here. What the hell's going on? Um, but that's one spot where it seems like it, kickers are random as hell, but Michigan State is one of the best players in the country uh, at their position in their kicker uh, in Jack Olson. So that's good. Uh, I guess kicking a ton of field goals and get set of scoring touchdowns is good for recruiting kickers. So can be happy about that. Anywhere is number 82, uh, which is always awesome. He doesn't really look like a kicker, too. He kind of looks like a high school linebacker, which I imagine he probably did some of that. In high school, so he's a little bit, um, you know, he's not like a big dude or anything like that. He's 5'11", 170, but he's not like uh, a skinny little thing out there. He's got some meat on his bones, which I always love in a kicker. And he's wearing number 82, so you got to love that. All right, that's the end of today's show. Thanks so much for listening to today's Lockdown Spartans. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back with that Sam Mullen stuff for sure. Uh, talking superlatives for next year's team. Uh, and then I'll find some other stuff. It, that's interesting that we could talk about as well. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rip the NCAA for uh, making transfer rules uh, more stricter. So going to do that tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to the show. Thanks to Hotels.com. Thanks to Twillery. Uh, thanks to Himalaya. Make sure you subscribe on the new Himalaya app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. If you already subscribe, unsubscribe and resubscribe. All right, that's it for today's show. Back tomorrow. 
uh, probably midday Thursday, I would expect the show to come out like three or four o'clock PM. Um, so it can be kind of a Thursday into Friday thing as I try to space these shows out when I'm only doing three a week. Uh, all right, that's it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Till then, go green.